0: Alone,
1: alone, 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 alone,
0: alone. With Peter, the moment that I, that I was like, oh, hang on, maybe I got this guy Kevin wrong. You could see it, I'm sure, when I was, I switched. Oh yeah. It was when you started talking. You, you were vulnerable with me, which people don't normally do that the first time they meet somebody in a random country. But yep. you told me about an ex-girlfriend and how it sent you down this road that you realized, man, I might be a, a porn addict. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit about yeah, that man. story? Do you mind opening about that?
1: Oh, I don't mind at all. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember where to begin, man. Did I tell you, uh, because this has happened multiple times, this is the extent to what my porn addiction <laughs> was, uh, which time did I talk about, was it? was it uh, you told me about, that i was dating in entire girl
0: you were dating a girl and yeah. you had to watch porn uh, oh yeah yeah yeah
1: this happened with multiple girlfriends dude even like you know back when my pickup artist days when you know i had you know multiple girlfriends i guess it's it's so interesting man have you seen the movie don john before
0: no i that's the one with uh, joseph gordon levitt though right
1: yep Mm -hmm. so i'll tell you a little bit of a rundown of what that whole story is about it's a brilliant movie
0: spoiler Um, alerts
1: yeah spoilers (laughs) yeah but i I won't spoil too much here i won't reveal the plot but basically this guy he's like this like chad type dude right and because he has the look he has the demeanor he's got like he's like a bartender at like a hopping club you know he he partakes in what people expect of him to be like this like player guy that hooks up with like hot club women. And he does that. But what he actually admits is he says he actually doesn't, he's, he's actually a porn addict and he's so addicted to porn that he actually prefers porn over the women that he sleeps with. And to so many guys who really haven't had too much success with women, that might sound unbelievable because the thinking is like, oh, well, the only people who watch porn are guys who can't get women and then they're then therefore they're using porn as a substitute, right? They're right. kind of coping. But that movie goes to show that, um, and, and granted, it's fictional, but in this fictional mm-hmm. movie, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is extremely successful with women and even despite that, he is so hopelessly addicted to pornography that he there's scenes in the movie where like he'll sleep with some woman. He won't enjoy it at all. And then he'll like fall asleep for a second, wake up, go watch porn and then come back satisfied. Right. That's the extent of his addiction. And I saw this. Yeah. But dude,
0: is that where you feel like you're at?
1: Yes. That's literally what that, that was literally the case for me, man. Um, if if anyone wants to know the extent to which my porn addiction was, it was at that level to the point yeah. where it's literally happened to me a few times where, um, you know, especially further in the past when I was identified as a pickup artist. And the reason I did, we, we alluded to it a little bit earlier, is because a girl screwed me over and I, you know, I wanted validation because I felt like shit about myself. You I didn't realize this- with-
0: that resentment. You didn't know what to do with it.
1: Exactly. I didn't actually realize this until like years later that was going on. Uh, in hindsight, I understood that was going on, but anyway, that's, that's a whole different story. So you consider um, yourself
0: an addict though. Yeah. Would you use that word? Yes, absolutely. When was the moment that you said, Hey, this is really a problem because I think for most people, that's not even on their radar that porn could be a problem. I think it's an interesting part of our culture that pornography is so normalized. It's actually weirder if somebody says they don't watch porn.
1: I'll tell you 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 right now, man. Yeah. I'll tell you the extent of my porn addiction
0: that I've never
1: talked about. I don't think I've ever talked about this with anyone, but I'm telling you for the first time now, okay? I so a lot that. of times, yeah, man, um, a lot of times when guys get addicted to porn or just jerking off in general, you know, mm. that, that's not a very, uh, uh it's, it's a an ex- weird explicit way of episode, it, but, man. We're talking yeah. about some, some <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times they do that uh, as some kind of pain avoidance, right? So yeah. for me, it ended up becoming this thing was, or when I was anxious or nervous about something, mm. that's what mm. I would, I would fall into that. So this is where I knew it became a huge issue. When I And this was actually pretty recently. This was in September, um, this past September. So I started my trip from the U.S. I worked really hard in all of 2019, what I talked about earlier. And then I decided to move to Asia. The first leg of the Asia trip was to go visit my family in Japan. and, And actually my brother, my sister, and my mom came along with me. Um, and then they were just going to go back to the U S and then I would go to Thailand. So, you know, about three weeks in Japan, it was time for us to say goodbye. So I hugged them, kissed them goodbye. And then, uh, I went off, uh, on a train to go to the airport to, uh, Narita airport to fly into Thailand. And that whole time there, I was just so nervous. Like I couldn't handle it. And something went off in my mind where my brain made this weird connection where whenever I was nervous, I just had to fucking jerk off. (laughs) Like, like I just (laughs) got horny. It was, it was so weird because it it became such a thing as like, it's like Pavlov's dog. It's physical
0: release. You need to get rid of, it's a coping mechanism for you now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So my addiction to pornography and, and sexual release via pornography because I don't right. think it would have had the same effect if it was like in a relationship with a girl. I think it's right. a different thing. Yeah. Um, that had to, whenever I was super anxious, because obviously I'm going to be really anxious going on a plane for the first time by myself alone to a random country that I know zero people in. So mm-hmm. when I was on the plane there, dude, the entire flight, I was horny as hell. It was mm-hmm. weird. I couldn't figure it out. I don't know why. I just was. And uh, yeah, so. This is so explicit, man. I'll just tell you. I, tried, I So obviously on, on the plane, you don't have any internet connection. You can't watch porn. Right. So I just, I tried to go to the bathroom and jerk off and I just couldn't do it because it was weird. Yeah. I didn't have my porn to watch. Right. So I, you know, I just went went back and I was just horny the rest of the time. But oh again, that was all tied to my anxiety. And so, yeah. you know, I, I land in, in, in Thailand and, you know, I make some friends there. Everything's fine and dang. That's cool. But what ended up happening is um, because all of 2019, I was just working so hard. I just completely deleted my social life, right?
0: Right. So
1: because I just suppressed my social life pretty much, when I went to Thailand for the first few months, like I just went on a tirade. The entire point of me coming out here was to help with my business and help to really focus and lock down. But what ended up happening is, all of these things that I was suppressing before and all of these demons that I was suppressing all just came right back up. Yeah. So I I went into my old ways again of like being like a pickup artist type guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I, I had a bunch of girlfriends and stuff. Um, but this is where I really realized. And, and this is when I, again, similar to what I was talking about before, in hindsight, I realized what was going on on that plane yeah. there was when, you know, I. I, I had like I, I kind of had a girlfriend in Thailand, and you know we—how uh, how do I say—we fornicated a few times. I did not mm-hmm. enjoy it one bit, one bit. Really, to the point where I was just like, I'd rather be watching porn right now, which is what I'm comfortable with. And that was yeah. the moment where I was like, this is a huge issue.
0: There's something like, what weird is about me? this. What's going on?
1: Yeah, and 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 right. then I looked back at what happened on the plane too, and I was just like, you know, I.
0: How did you just, feel? I I
1: just felt That's a great question, man. I I don't know how to explain it. I felt kind of relieved in the sense of like I knew there was some kind of like like cloud hanging over me that I yeah. didn't understand what it was and then I kind of realized what that was. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like when something is such a routine, daily thing that happens mm-hmm. multiple times a day to you for the past 10 right. years that you never even realized was as big of an issue because people just act like it's normal. Right. All of a sudden, when you realize that that's the issue and you need to let it go, you feel like a, a I felt like a sort of loss too. Like I was relieved, but I also felt a sort of loss of like, well, what, how am I going to? How are you going like, to
0: cope now? Maybe even. Yeah. It's right. it's kind
1: of like, you know, if you discover you just drink coffee all the time, you discover that drinking coffee is the root of all your problems. Um, and then you have yeah. to quit it. It's kind of like, I mean, you're glad that you find so, out, you know, what you have to get rid of, but you're also bummed out because you really like that thing.
0: I'm so glad. <laughs> well, you know, you know what? And that's something you have to come to terms with. That's a very real feeling. I think this is something that's common across addiction in general. And I, I, I've I, become a very, very big anti-porn advocate myself. I think, it, I think it's actually one of the most degrading things and enslaves human beings. And I think the fact that it's been normalized in our culture to the level that it has is is a tragedy and especially uh, we're going to get into some stats and some stories of why i feel so strongly about this stuff and it doesn't have anything to do with religion it has to do with science it has to do with the history uh, the actual way that addiction works and how being separated from from reality in those situations it it it, it changes your ability to relate to other human beings it really does break your relationships I really do believe that I would actually go so far as to say that pornography and sex trafficking things like that are the root to some of the worst things we're seeing in our societies even like serial killers and shooters and things like that I'm not saying that's what's making that oh they watch porn and that's why they shot up a school but I don't think it's unrelated. And and I feel very strongly about that. And I appreciate you being so vulnerable, man. I'm gonna take the time to, to kind of give my background because I think for most people who are advocates of this stuff, it's because it's impacted their life. And I'll tell you right now, I would still consider myself an addict. Although right now I am a little over 50 days free. No Ooh. porn, no masturbation, and that's
1: amazing, man. Congratulations! Thank Before you. Before you move forward, thank that's amazing. you.
0: And right, and I think one of the things I saw on your YouTube, because you do a lot of no fap stuff on your YouTube, as you said, don't talk about the days you've been free. Talk about how few times you've relapsed, and I really think that's a good way to think about it. I think the first time I was exposed to pornography was very young. And it wasn't because my dad or anything like that, or a sibling even, I was actually, I went to a neighbor's house and his dad had magazines and I was probably like nine or 10 and he showed them to me. And at the time as a kid, you know, I, see, mind you, I, I n- never thought twice about this until until I really thought, man. This is an addiction. What is going on? How did I get this far? How have I been doing this for 16 years, two or three times a day? You know, when you get to that spot when you say, is this not this is not normal? Is this is this not normal? Cuz I I don't think from the age of 13 probably until now or 13 until maybe 26, or maybe 13 years of my life I really I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. I mean, sometimes it was inconvenient or or awkward because you're like, oh man, I need to, I need to get away from people so I can deal with this thing I need to do, right? You put yourself in some weird situations, not to get too specific, where you're like, <laughs> I need to have this coping mechanism. I need to do this. Um, but I just think. You know, it's it's what's scary about porn is how normalized it is that you you could be doing you could need to do something two or three times a day and think that it's totally normal that you that you're doing it that much, that like you don't have a problem. For me, it was when I finally said, all right, I'm gonna try to stop. I'm gonna try to stop doing these things and recognizing how incredibly hard it was that I was like, oh my God, this is addiction. Cause I I don't feel like I have an addictive personality. You know, like I'm good with my drinking. I I hardly ever drink only socially. I don't do drugs. I've never been worried about like, you know, getting addicted to cigarettes or something like that. I smoked one one time. I was like, it's not for me. I don't like it, but you know, you can get addicted to anything. It's uh-huh. a, and I think dopamine is a factor here. So, I'm going to talk a little bit about the science. Porn triggers the release of dopamine in a part of your brain called the reward center. And there's there's a there's some studies out here about this. I showed you a website I really like called FightTheNewDrug.org. They have a lot of the science on there, how it affects your brain. And so, porn triggers a release of dopamine into a part of your brain. And the more you're exposed to it, the more you need a more extreme version of it in order to, for it to do something for you. So there's a story about Hugh Hefner, right? The Playboy guy that he would actually watch um, hardcore gay pornography while surrounded by other women, not because he was gay, but because he needed something more extreme to watch. For him to stimulate, the more you release dopamine, the harder it is to, to get that same effect again. So that's why with drug addiction, they talk about chasing the dragon, right? That first high, you it's hard to reach that level again. You stories about a heroin addict. They're shooting up in their foot all of a sudden because they can't get the vein in their arm, right? You wouldn't think that way about porn, but it does the same thing. And there's some studies out here. I'll just throw a couple stats. Porn alters your brain. And feel free to add in how you feel about some of these things. But I just, I noticed for myself, man, this is something I'm having a hard time stopping. As soon as I chose to stop, it would be like I could go two weeks. And then I, I was, I just, I'm stressed out right now, or I'm feeling lonely, or like I'm just tired. Those were, my, those were my those are my those are my signals. Those are the times that I know that I'm gonna potentially relapse, and I have to be very proactive not to do that. So I've learned with time and and with advocacy, with talking to different people, advocate groups to help. I, not AA but similar stuff for porn and sex addiction stuff. And having culpability partners, you learn what are your what are your tells. What is the underlying issue? that is going on, that's forcing you to turn to something like this. Nope.
1: Yep. Um, Absolutely.
0: And, and I think uh, a
1: big part of this too, if, if I could chime in here real of quick, course. um, the biggest part with porn, you know, we could debate all day of, you know, the ethics of porn specifically, right. um, which, you know, I think both you and I are on the same side on. Um, right. but that being said, really the, Biggest danger, of course, there's danger in that in itself. It's dehumanizing toward, especially toward women, but I'm sure, toward but also men, towards too, the user. Toward the user, yes, absolutely. Um, but the biggest thing is, is because of that dopamine reward, you know, whatever that dopamine reward thing is tied to, it's still going to be dangerous regardless because of the effects that it has on your outside life and your environment. Because mm-hmm. dopamine is there mm-hmm. for a reason. So dopamine is the, uh, it, it's it's the 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 hormone that gets you excited to get from point A to point B, right? It, it it moves you to action. It's basically you know what incites pleasure within you from a hormonal standpoint. And when you tap all of that out on just one specific thing. Then literally the rest of life just starts to feel so much duller because you're right. just having these these heightened uh, elevated experiences and you're basically abusing your own biology because mm-hmm. that the, the the dopamine high that you get from sex in general is a good thing it, it's one of it's right. it, it encourages procreation. Right. It encourages, especially yeah, And if it's I'm not with saying you shouldn't enjoy you having love. sex
0: either. I'm not oh, I'm not being a yeah. prude. Not but him. I I, <laughs> I do think I do think that the way that you objectify other human beings changes you. And when someone's right. on a screen on the other side, you're thinking, hey, th- this person does this for a job. Um uh, you know, they're getting paid and there looks like they're enjoying themselves and I I need this because I'm stressed out or whatever, you know, but, but when you're taking any kind of relationship name, personal things out of it, for the most part, what they do give you is superficial, right? You don't know this person. And it's scary how often that person is a victim of sex trafficking, violence, abuse, coercion. And and if you don't believe me, I'm throwing some news headlines at you guys. 2016, there was a class action lawsuit against an amateur porn studio called Girls Do Porn. This is something that's on all the major porn sites, okay? So it's not like this is like some back alley thing that you buy on VHS. This is something that everybody's watching. 22 girls, Jane Doe's one through 22. That was what they're called in the lawsuit. Came out against this company basically saying, Hey, we were exploited by these people. They took advantage of us as younger girls. Um, and they leaked our person. They made it sound like they're going to pay us this amount of money. And then they leaked their information to their family and friends, kind of blackmailed them. It's been covered extensively in pl- things like the Daily Beast. I'm actually looking at this right now. Um, but they put it. They put out these calls for modeling, um, and they tr- and they target young women age 18 to 23, and uh, and they tell them, hey, here we're going to give you this amount of money for a shoot. They'd promise them that they'd be anonymous, but that wasn't the case. And these are people they targeting low income models, women who they feel like earn a position where they're going to say yes to this, right? This is they're targeting demographics to do these things, and you know, then they're exploiting them, putting out them out on these free sites so that millions of people are watching them and they expose them and dox them, and and it's it's a deliberate it's a deliberate system to get them to hum, be humiliated and to be you know it, it's the most anti woman thing you can do. And that should be giving you pause. If you're someone who watches pornography right now, I just want you to be open-minded enough to think about when you watch something like this, how do you know what you're watching? How do you know that that person's 18? How do you know that that person's really doing this cuz they want to do it, not because they're coerced? You know, you hear stories about people being held at gunpoint to do these things. And and then if you look at, you know, if you don't believe me that porn alters your brain, why is it, Kevin? that this stuff gets so hardcore so fast with the subject matter. This stuff is yeah. twisted, right? Why are yeah. we so interested in stepsisters and girls who look like they're 13? Mm. Like really young, petite looking girls. Like why is that the subject matter? Like it's yeah. because of that dopamine receptor. It's the fact that you need something more intense, more raw. And that leads you to some deep dark seedy stuff and you're trying to tell me number one you are culpable if you're if you're i really do think so if you're watching this stuff regularly you are some somewhat complicit in allowing this pattern of sex trafficking and abuse to continue
1: absolutely absolutely yeah man, it's it's one of those things where
0: and I'm not saying this is someone I'm not saying I've never watched porn in my life. I just told you I spent 13 years and and you know, I'm trying to kick it all together, but it doesn't mean that that I haven't had points in the last few years where I've relapsed. I absolutely have. But that's addiction, man.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things, dude, where it's just like, you know, you I mean, where does it end? Like like mm-hmm. we see these things becoming mm-hmm. more and more extreme. Um I think just with the age of the internet, you know, it, I don't know if it was this extreme like, you know, back in the day right. before it was posted on the internet, who knows. I think
0: you're so right.
1: But, but yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, dude, so this is the reason that it's so so hard to quit. Porn is is probably the hardest thing to quit. I am convinced because you know there are former heroin addicts and cocaine addicts who came out and basically said, "Yeah, porn's harder to quit than heroin and cocaine," and the reason is because it's so accessible. I could just, we could end this conversation right now, and I could just go on a website on my phone in two seconds and then just go to town. Like you could be
0: on the phone doing that right now, for all I know. It, <laughs>
1: exactly. Okay. We don't have a video, on, you never know. But <laughs> but good thing but, I, I listen, turned that off. Yeah, I know, right? But it's like, imagine, imagine you're a heroin addict or a crack addict. And then someone puts a, like a, a bag of smack in your pocket and says, Hey, don't use it. That's bad for you. Don't use it. Uh, what the hell do you think is going to happen, man? They're going to use it because it's so easily accessible. And I'm sure right. porn was still a big, if big if problem. If you're an
0: alcoholic, you get all the alcohol out of your house. Yeah. If you're a porn addict, even if you throw away your phone and your laptop, it's everywhere. Sex is yeah. everywhere. You have you're watching people drink around you all the time. It'd be like if you couldn't get away from you're always in a bar in your and you're an alcoholic. You like you're always looking at alcohol, but you have to be strong enough to stay away from alcohol. That's a and really you, tough situation. It's like it's and- only a hands a hands reach away from you.
1: Mm-hmm. And and here's another thing too, we we focus a lot on like more the hardcore porn and that type of stuff of like, you know, the bad things about that. But let's also talk about another part that people aren't talking about too much is just how just regular, you know, everyday things like on social media and stuff have just become so sexualized to the point where it's like, you know, right, like, like a lot of like these fitness girls these fitness models so to speak it's like it's not really about fitness it's about them no it's off about the, the yoga pants they, right yeah.
0: absolutely that's 100 and some of
1: those things where it's like you know like most people just be like oh well what's the harm they're just hot well that's triggering well, to a lot of guys and it's like it's going to lead them down more other paths and on top of that they're going right. to start sexualizing women so much and more when they're always that's, constantly, yeah, that's.
0: That's more of the issue. People, you know, I think there's some really good things about the Me Too movement and feminism, obviously. We should be respecting women and having some equality here. Pornography doesn't promote that. Not at all. Pornography promotes you to objectify and even and demean women. Okay, so let's go back to the girls do porn. These are 22 real girls, right, who are exploited. They're told to be anonymous. They had their information leaked, their personal information. There are sites out there, Porn WikiLeaks, NameThatPorn.com, 8chan, where people literally get perverse satisfaction out of figuring out who these people are and exposing them. Wow. That's that's some getting personal information about these people and You know, these are human beings, but you're not really thinking about them that way, right? For example, okay, he gave the example of Instagram. We're seeing the evidence of how much something like Instagram, social media is dangerous for our mental health because of how like it doesn't really represent real life. When yeah. you're constantly getting satisfaction from watching someone over, someone else have sex on a screen, someone you don't know, and their most vulnerable state, that's going to affect how you think about those kinds of people. If you're watching, like, okay, here's, here's another stat to throw at you, okay? There was a study done. I got, I got two for you. There was a study done, a survey of 1,500 young adult men, of them said their taste in porn have escalated. They become increasingly extreme or deviant. That's the quoted term here. Meaning, because of that, dopamine release, because of the need to get something more extreme, they're looking at more and more hardcore pornography. What do you think is the earliest age, the average age of first exposure to pornography?
1: Uh, I'm going to guess it's something shockingly low, but uh I'll say thirteen
0: So that's a pretty good guess the There's a study done by the American Psychological Association that says the average age is thirteen point three seven actually, but hmm. some of those experts are saying they're citing other sources saying that eight to eleven years old actually is the average age. Kids see internet sure. pornography for the first time an eight year old. Wow. Eight years old. What do you do with that? You know?
1: I mean, your entire view,
0: That's literally that's from why the moment I can,
1: you hit. Okay,
0: I was just going to say, that's why you have someone start watching porn regularly at the age of 13, and they make it into their 30s, and it's just part of their life. They're totally enslaved to it at that point. Yeah. That was me for the longest time. I considered it literally a ball and chain at this point in my life. Something that had to be freed for me, and I and I hope it's something I can move past. But they always say with addiction, that uh, the moment that you think you're free is when you're exposing yourself to relapse. So I try not to think of myself as free of it because I think it's really that addictive. With Peter, recognizing that you have a problem—that's the first step in solving addiction. The first step in dealing with the addiction of Alone With Peter is, well, just to feed it a little bit more. I'm not promoting bad habits. This is a good show. At least I think so. So please, please, subscribe, rate, review, and share the show with your friends, especially if you feel like there's somebody who should be hearing this episode. We're here with Kevin Atterbury. We're talking about porn addiction, what it does to your brain, and is it something you should reconsider using on the reg? Let's get back into it on Alone with Peter.
1: Absolutely, man. It's it, It's the hardest thing to quit. And I really think, and I hope, I think the best thing that we can do right now is is just talking about because if you really think about it man there's always been like anti-porn activists and stuff but um i can name a couple of
0: celebrities that i think are huge huge in my opinion ashton kutcher from uh that 70s show is one of the most badass guys out there he's actually gone undercover to expose human trafficking rings he's a big anti-porn advocate he works for thorn and they help uh, come up with tech that, that combats human trafficking.
1: Wow. I didn't know he was that into that. He's
0: really cool. Another big one, Blake Lively, the actress, she actually just started supporting an organization, uh, called child rescue coalition, which is trying to end child pornography. And if you look at their site, you can see, thank God they're, you know they've already rescued over 2,850 children, looks like, throughout 96 countries worldwide, and over 12,000 predators have been arrested due to this this coalition. But wow. guess how many guess how many cases of abuses we're talking about here? Over 600,000 just from this organization that they're that they've that they've reached out and found out about. Child Holy pornography, 600,000 cases of abuse. Prevent it. <sighs> I guess how many there are out there? Yeah. This is systemic. It's huge. And, and I think the normalization of something like porn, I'm not being a prude. I'm, I'm looking at the science here. It's bad. And it gets people really to dehumanize bad. each other, man. Don't believe you know. me. Do you know who Ted Bundy is? hmm <laughs> Okay, one of the most infamous serial killers in the world freaking insane. God, I'm pretty sure you got the electric chair. He did, a, he did an interview that I don't know how many people know about this, but there's a guy named Dr. James Dobson who interviewed him the night before he was executed. Okay. Keep that in mind. This guy knows he's going to be executed. He doesn't have anything to, there's not, no agenda here. Maybe other than he wants to like kind of take the blame off of himself. Right. But guess what he said is the reason why he did what he did. I don't know pornography. He said really? he had such an intense addiction to pornography that it led him to dehumanize people so much that he went out and killed them the way that he did ruthlessly murdering women. Because Dude, of an addiction to pornography.
1: I didn't know that he this is the day that before
0: that is. he's executed. He he wants yeah. you know that's how he, he he's he's you know he can't say he didn't do this stuff. So the the fact that he can he can say, I'm about to die tomorrow. This is what did it. This is what sent me down this path. That is That should send a chill down your spine. Yeah, man. I, and I really do, I, I don't think people who watch this stuff, I, I don't think any of this is on their radar. And it's why this this half of the interview has gotten pretty heavy, but I think it's important. I think it's really important to talk about it, especially the children being sexually exploited in videos, but also targeted. They're targeted. Because if you can get a kid exposed to this stuff early in life, they're gonna be there for life. They're gonna have it for life. And because of the way the dopamine works, it's like there's a lot of free porn out there, but then you pay for stuff because you want that more extreme stuff. You know? It, 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 It makes you a victim for the rest of your life it it impacts their your ability it it makes people have to come to you to say i don't even know how to talk to a girl i don't know how not to objectify women
1: dude absolutely that is such a good point that you brought up man cuz i end up talking about this with some of the guys on yours It's just like what that that come to me for advice a lot of times because here's the thing with porn it's like it's just good enough that that you know and it could be addictive enough where you're just like, ah, oh, I have no motivation to go out there and socialize, like, because if you just sit there in your little bubble at home, right, mm-hmm. just just jerking off to porn all day, having these dopamine mm-hmm. spikes, there's zero risk. There's zero risk involved when you go outside of your door, interact right. with other people. Now all of a sudden you're talking to another person.
0: That, you have to be vulnerable. All of a sudden to
1: another person. You have to be vulnerable. There's fear of rejection, right? Right. All of that stuff goes away with porn, right? All of it, right? And and you just have the benefits, and that's it. But then,
0: and you're talking about you've even done all the work to get the girl, but you're Mm -hmm. still more comfortable with the porn. Why does that happen?
1: I don't know, man. Is that goes to show you that that's it's it's happened to some other people. I do technically have, you know, you say you don't have an addictive personality. I definitely do have an addictive personality. Um, but even with that being the case, this is a long-term addiction that other guys can suffer from. And the fact that,
0: well, it happens to girls too. It doesn't happen to just happen to guys. I mean, I think that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, people don't realize that, but it happens a lot to guys.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, I think the stats show. I think like ninety five percent of guys, um, uh, basically, watch porn regularly. And I think for women, Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. anywhere from forty to sixty percent, which is still way a lot. But it's a lot, like noticeably less than ninety five percent. That's
0: still more Um, than half, though.
1: Yeah, but I would. Isn't that interesting? It is interesting, but you know it's funny because the most of the girls I've dated, they just don't watch porn. So yeah. I don't know, maybe they just didn't admit it. I don't know. That's, but
0: that's kind of a it sounds bad as someone who's been addicted to pornography and is trying to kick it out of their life totally. But uh yeah. that's that's kind of a prerequisite <laughs> for me at this point. It's like yeah. it's like if you're an alcoholic and your girlfriend's not an alcoholic, but they like to drink regularly. Yeah. It's like that's not really very helpful for me.
1: Yeah, it's not gonna so help it's not like a judgment
0: all. of the person who does, but it's more of like yeah. a, that's not gonna be a good fit for me. Yeah. Yeah, and th- th- thats something a- I want to really, you know, highlight here—is—is is I'm not—I'm not judging people. I'm not being a prude. I—I I am saying that this is something you should consider if you haven't. Is this normal? Is this healthy? Is it really causing some of these issues? I think. I don't think it's a big reach to say that the way that pornography makes you think about women especially, especially if you look at what it does to like women of race, it, there's so many demeaning things that are done to women. That So another stat here that I thought was just absolutely insane, there's so much violence in porn. But what's more disturbing than the actual violent subject matter is the reaction of the victim in the, sub, in the, in the video. Why are people acting like they enjoy that? What is that telling you about abuse? Like as a person, if you're watching someone be physically abused or demeaned and they look like they're enjoying it, what does that do your brain? When you go out and you don't have self-control in your house and then you see a girl, right? And you don't know how to take no for an answer. And you've you've been watching this in your mom's basement for so long that you've made this, you you don't respect women because of it, number one. Number two, you have this weird perverted thought in your head that 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 abuse is something that they're going to end up enjoying. They just don't realize it. Yeah. Like, I'm surprised more people, I I think it's starting to change, but I'm surprised more people aren't more vocally anti-porn. The other, think- the, the other two celebrities, the other two celebrities I mentioned, I guess I already mentioned Blake Lively, and Ashton Kutcher, but the other one I'm a big, big big fan of is Terry Crews.
1: Yeah, Terry Crews is the man.
0: Self-professed advocate or a self-professed addict, he came out and publicly said it, almost destroyed his marriage, the really really big problem for him. I'm a big fan of Terry Crews in a lot of ways, but especially because of his openness about that. He said you the thing about addiction especially porn addiction, he said, was that you. there's some shame involved there and you don't want to tell people about it. The moment that you tell people you're addicted to something, it has less power over you. It's exposed. I definitely felt that when I was finally willing to, to say to somebody like, hey, you know what? This is something I struggle with. And then all of a sudden you realize there's a bunch of other dudes who feel that, and they just haven't said it to anybody because there's like, they're actually ashamed to say that they're addicted, even though most people are like totally walking around saying, like, yeah, I look at porn. Like, that's a casual thing to even admit nowadays. But to admit that you think it's a problem is not normal.
1: I'll tell you what, though, man, I don't know if you have the same experience, but for me, when I tell people this, like, especially guys, well, women too, but. I've never had a negative reaction. Like everyone yeah. is like, "Wow, that's yeah. cool. I wish I could do right. that." It's like it's right. almost like they all acknowledge the fact that it's There's a problem something... for them too. We all know yeah. deep down that it's wrong.
0: Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan does a bit where he jokes about masturbating and the thing that he jokes about there is that how always it's so unsatisfying at the end. You do it and you go Ugh. It's like it's not <laughs> really like something that you're like man I'm really happy I just did that um you it's more of like an impulsive thing right you're like oh my god I'm so stressed and then afterwards you're like wow did I really need to do that you're always like a little bit ashamed of yourself I think or dissatisfied with the fact that you chose to go that route um you just
1: feel weird that like you just went like your brain just like
0: especially if you put yourself in a in a weird position where you're hanging out with friends and you're like, Hey, I got to go use the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to get too nitty gritty about it. I'm actually too uncomfortable to to talk about specifics maybe, Mm -hmm. but, but there's been situations like that for me. Definitely.
1: Yeah, man. It's like sometimes that addiction, it just, it grabs. So it's so powerful. This is how, you know, an addiction can be really bad. It's so powerful. And it becomes so normalized that like you don't even mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like you don't even realize it's a problem and think about it this way with pornography as well like imagine so you you made the uh, you kind of made it a, a parallel to alcoholism, which I thought was very appropriate because um, that's basically what it is it's an addiction mm-hmm. so imagine if in society alcoholism was not only not vilified, it was actually celebrated. That's basically what yeah. it's like now, because you you look at um, a lot of things on social media and stuff. Like, how many people do you see talking about how we need to, uh, you know, take a stance against pornography? And if anything, most people are like, you know, celebrating pornography and saying, "Oh, it's empowering for right. women." Or yeah, or, oh, that oh, always makes me so uncomfortable.
0: I've heard people say that, and it makes me so uncomfortable because I don't think they really understand. In fact, I've heard people say the same thing about sex work is dignified work. Get out of here. You make me so angry because of all the women, little kids even, who have been abused to just this absolute most heinous levels. To say that is so wrong. To, To normalize... Yeah, it's normal in the sense that it's happened throughout history. Does that make it right? Does that make that a good thing? Something you should celebrate? No. There's a lot of bad things in the world that we should never celebrate, like racism. Right? Like we are in a we're in a position where we know enough that that people should be able that shouldn't even be on the table, right? And it's infuriating that it is. We haven't gotten to that point with sex trafficking and porn addiction, which is weird. Sex addiction, porn addiction, those kind of things. If you're a fan of the Me Too movement, I don't know how you could watch porn.
1: Well, it's because you it's, it's hypocritical. Yeah. That doesn't it's, it's, it doesn't make any
0: sense. It's one of the most yeah. demeaning things towards women you could do. That's not empowering. Absolutely. If you think that's empowering, look at what some of the subject matter and how they describe it on there. Yeah, it's racist a lot of it too yeah there's a lot racist. of really I mean, racist stuff on there
1: extremely it's like yo you know black sexist people and racist and, and right black people rightfully so they should be you know i understand with the protests and stuff that are going on and i think a lot of it's justified but uh one thing too is like hey maybe they should be uh you know a little bit pissed off about what's going on in the porn world and how you know, uh, I hope I men. hope people start black to turn some ire towards it
0: because you're yeah. hearing more. You're hearing more and more stories like this girls do porn situation. You're hearing more and more of it where women are being blackmailed, exposed, doxed. Um, deep fake stuff is a big problem. Uh, there's the deep fake technology. I don't know if you've probably seen it. Like there's a the video of The Shining, for example, where they put Jim mm-hmm. Carrey's face on top of Jack Nicholson, and it's crazy yeah. tech. Like it looks just like him. You yep. just have to have enough photos of that person to do that. There's amateur software out there that people use to make a porn model look like somebody that they want to look like. And the women who have had this done to them, they exhibit similar mental um, or tra- traumas as if they were actually raped themselves. When they find footage of what looks like them online, there's a couple of different celebrities who have mentioned that. It's almost like watching yourself be raped because it looks just like you. And someone's watching you do that because they want to see that done to you.
1: Yeah. And imagine, you know, you see that it's like,
0: and and pe- other people are watching that not even that's not even on your radar. I don't think that many people are watching that thinking what that's done to that person because they're not thinking of that as another person. yep. And that's the problem with porn, I think. but um the dehumanization, I mean, this stuff makes, man. it makes me feel really heavy. It makes me feel really sad in a lot of ways. but it, that's why I, I, I just did this switch when I heard you were uh, you know, trying to do no fap. And, and I want you to tell me a little bit about that. Cause I respect you so deeply for it because I know how challenging it, it is to kick addiction and That's it's, real. it's not, a, it's its journey, dude.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the biggest thing with that, and you kind of mentioned it a bit earlier is when you're trying to kick an addiction, it's cause it's, it's, you know, like you talked about earlier. When you're addicted to alcohol, the first step is just to get all the alcohol out of your environment. So mm-hmm. how do you kick an addiction where the thing, the very thing mm-hmm. that's causing the addiction is always going to be around you, no matter what our society revolves around our phones, around our laptops, mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the internet. So how do you do this? Well, you have to realize, and, and this is just being more pragmatic about the situation is when you always have this temptation there the The odds of you delving back into that temptation are going to be so high to the point where you just have to expect that it's going to happen. So what I used to do and and men, especially you know we were we're drawn toward progress. This is why we love video games. We like getting to the next level. you know it's exciting to be like well i've I've done no fap. The last time I fapped was you know a hundred days ago, I'm gonna get my hundred day right. badge.
0: So I don't think I it's ends great, though. But- I think it's great, yeah, by not. the way, that they do stuff like Fap November. That's pretty recent phenomenon. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think those things are good. And it's, it's good that I'm so happy about Fap November, too, that I should mention it because it's like – or No, Not November, I guess. No, is, not uh, November, people, right. people are kind of realizing that it's kind of a problem that you have to – that we all kind of have and that we have to kind of get through it.
0: And that there's going to be some benefits of our
1: sexuality. Yeah.
0: that there can be benefits in taking control of that too. It's like, Absolutely. you want people to have enough self-control men, especially that they can, that they can like, Hey, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like cat call that girl across the street just because she's got a nice booty. Right. Yeah. I'm not going to come follow her around or right? you want men to have that kind of self-control. That's got to start in their personal lives.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, with these things, it's like the, the best practical advice that I could give is like, listen, when you have this drug, that's always going to be in your pocket around you, you're always going to see it, you're always going to be reminded of it. You have to assume that sometimes you're going to fail. Mm. And when that happens, you have a very, very you're at a a very pivotal moment where you decide, Mm -hmm. okay, am I going to fully indulge in this thing that I've been avoiding for so long? Because when you get that first dopamine hit, man, this has happened to me when I relapsed, Mm -hmm. you get that first dopamine hit.
0: It's like going on a
1: binge. Yeah. It's like the greatest feeling in the world. You feel terrible and awful about yourself, but also you just haven't
0: had that stimulation
1: for a while. You're absolutely right. That, it just kind of like you're you're at this moment where you're just like, dude, and if you've tied so much of your identity to, okay, well, I'm just trying to do these streaks. Once that streak is over, you start feeling like a piece of shit because you failed, and then you're right. you put this identity of a failure on yourself. Right. And you're you justify in your mind. Well, hey, I'm a failure anywhere. So I might as well just do a mm-hmm, feels good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then
0: you get the defeated. very thing
1: that you worked. Yep. The very thing that you worked so hard to kick the addiction for, it just comes right back in a short amount of time. It's a Have very you, similar thing to like in fitness, right? In fitness, if you're dieting for a long time and then all of a sudden you just cave and just binge eat, mm-hmm. what the best thing to do is just to keep, just forgive yourself and keep up with your diet. But what most That's people do is
0: forgive what they end
1: up. Yeah. But what they end up doing instead, unfortunately, is, you know, they're just like, oh, well, I'm a fat piece of shit. So I'm, because I'm a fat just piece keep of shit, I might cake. as well just keep eating. Yep. And then right. they go, you know, one thing, they could have just mitigated the situation if they didn't blame themselves too much. Right. Right. So, so I think the that's solution very, that I came up with yeah. is just to be like, look, you know, relapse is going to happen. Expect that they're going to happen. Instead mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. counting your streaks, count your relapses, try to minimize mm-hmm. the amount of relapses that you have. Right. Yeah. So that way you can objectively look back instead of just being so proud about your streak that you have, be like, look, you know, I relapsed like 20 times last month. This month I relapsed two. Last month I relapsed zero. Cool. Mm-hmm. Let's just try to keep it there.
0: Right.
1: You know? Um, right.
0: And then you don't and, have to be I'm so defeated to, when you lose. When you inevitably have a setback, it's not, it's not, it's a setback. You've still made progress, but it's a setback. That's it.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, man. It's one of those things where for me personally, I've really only truly been on this journey for honestly less than a year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm still trying to kind of figure it out along the way, but.
0: Well, I'll tell you, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited that you are. I, I And I and I love that you're giving some exposure to it. Uh, I was wondering if you could tell me how your NoFap YouTube videos have been received because you kind of documented your process to date.
1: Oh, yeah. Those are still to date some of my most popular videos um, <laughs> because uh, not that many people, first of all, are talking about it. And I right. think a lot of men, Right. Um, really, just understand uh, how much of a detriment it is to their lives. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know, whenever there's any kind of uh, movement, there's going to be some bad parts of it. Mm-hmm.
0: Unfortunately,
1: some people they just go into no fat because they think it gives them like superpowers or something. Yeah, to he told me a little bit about that. Unleash upon women. What is that? Yeah.
0: Semen retention. Semen whatever you're talking yeah. about.
1: Yeah, there's one study that that came out. Uh, it was, uh, it was a Chinese study showing that after one week of, you know, not having any kind of ejaculation, um, men who did that compared to men who released regularly, uh, the men who did semen retention, so to speak, uh, had elevated levels of testosterone, um, which is technically true. I, I could, I could definitely tell based off personal experience that that's the case,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, and that's cool. Those are some you know good benefits of not releasing all the time. Sure. But at the same time, a lot of guys will end up doing this because they think that that's just mm-hmm. going to make them more mm-hmm. attractive to women. And that's it. If it makes, I think the best benefit of it making you attract more attractive toward women is you're a man that despite the odds is able to have a great amount of self-control and have a deeper purpose to abstain from something that so many people have fallen victim to. Right. And that's what I think women are attracted to at the end of the day. If you're and the type that's, of person, that's a more. very
0: interesting way to tie it back into what you do as a dating coach, man. I think the, fa- the idea of abstinence or just the idea of just delayed gratification really is what it is. I have enough self-control to say that like, yeah, this is something I want, but it's something I can put off until the right time to do it too. And I I think that's really what I'm advocating here. I mean, and I just think to be able to like really think what does the, what does watching porn impact it under it impacts children's understanding of sex, your understanding of consent, how you get aroused, your ability to get aroused, what, you know, what you find attractive um, and, your sexual desires, those kind of things. It's like, if, if, and if you look at what porn is portraying and it's affecting those things and your self-esteem, your friendships, your relationships, it, it absolutely is. And and I don't think it's doing it in a, in a positive way. I think it's very negative. Um, but I, I think there is hope out there. I think first of all, I think it's great that we're getting some exposure to this because like I said, I don't think it's talked about enough. Um, And I think that there's a couple things that I would really encourage people to check out. Number one is, if you don't believe me on the science and stuff, don't take my word for it. I really, really am a big fan of fightthenewdrug.org. It's not for profit. It's not religiously affiliated. It's just about the science. There's some three-part documentary series on there. There's a lot of articles, just, just scientific surveys and studies that are kind of showing how this stuff really impacts it really does impact you and your ability to relate to other human beings. Um, and then also there's there's some if you if you've gotten to the point where you'd say okay I'm an addict that that's the first step in recovery, right? They say that in the alcoholics anonymous pledge. That's the first step to to recovery is admitting that you have a problem. And I, and I think it's absolutely the same. The moment that I said Holy cow, this is not normal. I'm addicted to this. I can't stop. That was when I was able to take some steps um and i I just wanted to highlight a couple of things that I found work really well. Number one, it's really important to have an accountability partner of some kind. So Kevin, I don't know if you got one, but I'm here if you need to call me up when you really lapse, man. just a minute it's fourteen hour time difference, so be careful about when you do it. But yeah, if you need to talk right. to me about something, let me know.
1: You'll be like, you'll be like right in the middle of work. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you'll just be like, dude, I want to jerk off so badly.
0: Don't do like it.
1: People, you, people go around you be like, what
0: the oh hell? Oh my <laughs> God. Hey, Kevin, how's it going? How's Vietnam? Dude, I don't, I want to fap so bad. <laughs> but seriously. Yeah. Have an accountability partner, somebody who checks in on you, someone who, who's probably dealing with the same thing, right? That forces you to be a little bit more vulnerable, but also to build someone else up, and I think that's really good. I I try to do Absolutely that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. There's also I'm not I'm not affiliated with any of these things, just FYI. But I but I do I'm a big fan of them. There's a there's a software called Covenant Eyes, right? We talked about how you got porn in your pocket, you got porn on the TV. You got ads on on the, you know, your your work website you have to look at has stupid ads that pop up that trigger you. It's there, it's everywhere. So how do you stop yourself? Well, there's you know, different things you can do, but one of the things that I like is this is software called Covenant Eyes. Basically, you can set it up so that you have another person who has your login information for Covenant Ice. It goes on your phone. It goes on your computer. And if I go and watch porn, it's going to send you a message, Kevin, letting you know that I went to this particular site. Um, it's not gonna give you the link to the, you know, thing I was watching or whatever, but it's gonna let you know that I went and did that. And and it's gonna, you know, give you a cue to check up on me. And, and so if you have it installed on your softwares, anytime you go to any of these kinds of sites, it's going to alert your accountability partner who has access to your account that you're doing that. And I think just knowing that someone's going to find out is a big deterrent for a lot of
1: people.
0: Mm Could you you imagine making your mom, your accountability partner? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awkward, right? Dang it, mom. I didn't think you'd actually yeah. check the app.
1: Well, it does help like if you have roommates for example that really help you right. or that are supportive of you, you let them know, that can help. So for example with me, you know, my business partner, we're not roommates, but he we live in the same apartment building. He lives mm-hmm. one floor below. He'd hate always... me. He'd hate
0: me if if we were talking about that porn for 2 hours now and he's trying to <laughs> sleep probably
1: uh no, no no yeah we we live in separate in you know, apartment room. apartment units yeah. <laughs> um yeah so he's downstairs but even with him like you know i'll sometimes use him as an accountability uh partner where i'm Good. just like like you know i have someone immediately there so right. that's that's one of the biggest things is like when you're about when you're so tempted to like relapse for example if you can just get out of the environment that you're in Mm -hmm. and you can go to like a public setting or even not even just a public setting, just around other people. Cause, and this is another thing too, is, you know, one, one cool thing about, uh, one kind of side effect people don't talk about about quitting pornography is it's so hard. It's so difficult to, to to be porn free and still be alone all the time. Right. It's almost like,
0: you talked about what ends up happening quarantine made it more difficult for you
1: it made way difficult yeah but you know in a non-quarantine situation where you're allowed to see people it encourages you to be more sociable it encourages you to go out there and be more sociable because obviously in a social setting that's just completely unacceptable in fact it's criminal and it should be if you just whip your (laughs) dick out and start going (laughs) to town you know or just like watching those things in a public setting right um even someone who is like the most addicted possible they're never going to do that wow. unless they have like deep psychological problems that right. are pre-existing beyond you know whatever porn caused um so yeah at the very least even with those people like that they'll they'll find a private put you, place to put yourself and, in a I'm new yourself,
0: yeah getting yeah, yourself I'm outside telling, of that yeah i think Another part of that too, uh, and this is important. I, I learned this, it's I think it's true for addiction across the board, but it's certainly true for something like this, is that kind of like we talked about before, there's an underlying issue that's happening, something you're trying to cope with. So you can learn what your triggers are, if you will, what your what your signs are that you're gonna be in that place. For me, being tired or stressed um, or feeling lonely for some reason. Those kind of things. If I've had a hard day, that's a that's a red flag that I need to be aware of where where I'm going. Because you can kind of know you're headed that direction if you're trying to fight these kind of things. You can see the signs, but that's where that avoidance that you're talking about really comes into play. But what's more, what's what's crucial to happen with that is that you don't just avoid it, but that you replace that thing with a good habit. Because you're trying to overcome that coping mechanism. So you don't need to just get rid of that coping mechanism of of masturbation, right? You need to figure out how to address the real problem, or you're just going to replace porn addiction with something else that's also harmful to you. Because you still don't know how to address the real problem. And I think that really aligns, imagine, with the dating coach stuff you're talking about, right? Uh
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's what well, what I think the word you're looking for there is sexual transmutation, where you basically have these sexual urges, um, which you can you have to find a way to transmute that energy somewhere else rather than suppressing it. Mm-hmm. So it's important to make sure you're just not suppressing your horniness, so to speak. Right, acknowledge that it's there, but then use that because because that type of energy. Right, that type of the energy is the reason that there's seven billion people on the planet. It's an energy. <laughs> yeah. it's, that sexual energy drives people to action. It drives people yeah. to do crazy things, like you know, go oh to gosh. the ends of the, the earth. Kind of things to, you to, do for
0: for somebody that you're attracted to. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> you jump so, some major hoops.
1: Exactly, um, but it's it's just such a driving force of action. So if you can use that same energy and transmute it toward things like work, transmute it toward things like fitness, mm. um,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that can really drastically help change change your yeah. life. So... And I think,
0: sorry, yeah. continue.
1: Yeah, so I was also going to say, you know, in terms of like the dating coach stuff, um, we dive into it with some of our guys. Uh, it, it depends because some guys, you know, everyone, so some guys are like really addicted and it's really an issue that we have to, to talk about and solve a lot of times it's mm-hmm. an issue that they're not even aware of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but other guys, you know, sure. They watch porn sometimes, but they're not like so addicted that it's a pressing issue we need to address immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we, but it's very common where we find that a lot of guys, their deep underlying issues, a lot of it does come from pornography addiction and, mm-hmm. and you know, Cause, cause when you don't give yourself that release, that pleasurable release, and you purposefully make sure that you don't, you don't, uh, get something that you didn't earn essentially, you know, cause again, the whole point of, <clears throat> of sexual release orgasm is to promote procreation right and if you're not sharing that with another person you're just sharing that away with yourself you haven't really done anything to earn that i was so gonna that's, i think I was that's gonna, why down a lot of us
0: yeah i was gonna bring it up with japan <laughs> they have the oldest i'm not i mean i'm not critical of japan uh, you know I'm. i like japan but it's yeah. interesting they have the oldest Average age it's in the sixties and they're one of the worst as far as population decline. If you start doing some of the research on population decline, totally different ball of yarn, by the way, we we're not going to go that far into this, but this kind of stuff, it's making races die out. If it keeps going, it's like you said, you, I don't have to put in any work. I don't have to have a relationship. I don't have to procreate. I've got it all here. I've got my robot. I've got my yep. AI. I've got, you know, and some people are just happy with that or they think they are anyway.
1: And and humans, like this is very well documented within the field of psychology, more specifically by a man named uh, Dr. Uh, Daniel Kahneman. Uh, this is uh, research that he was doing, I think in the 70s, possibly mm-hmm. also in the 80s. Uh, he won a Nobel Prize for this, but really just coming to the discovery that human beings are much more driven to avoid pain than they are to seek pleasure which is mm. interesting because you know the whole you would think the whole point of pornography is you know seeking pleasure but it's more so it really is more so avoiding
0: pain avoidance of rejection maybe avoidance, avoidance of, of rejection. commitment
1: avoidance of of everything because you know if you had to just if you had to explain pleasure, for example, right. Or if you had to explain pain, those two things, it's like the only way that you can really explain it is to have an understanding of the opposite of it. Right. So we can say, okay, well, what is the opposite of, of, uh, pain and misery? Well, it's pleasure. What's the opposite of pleasure, uh, pain and misery. Right. So it's one of those things where you could come to a conclusion that, uh, and again, this is a, a, a conclusion that we come in our come to in our minds, not necessarily from a logical standpoint. But you know, technically, you could look at it in a warped, perverse view that anything that's even remotely painful is, by definition, not worth it, because you could be in this area that's only just full of pleasure, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I dispute so, that claim. I think maybe a lot of people disagree with me, but I think that uh, they're... Well, I
1: see both sides. I'm playing a little yeah. bit of devil's advocate there because right. I don't necessarily agree with that completely. I, I'm saying you can't you can make the argument there because... We're going to have to come know, back
0: to this in another episode, yeah, yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, we've been talking for a while. Because, uh, well, just a quick point on that. It's like, well, you know, if you're always doing these pleasurable, having going through these pleasurable experiences through porn, you know, your dopamine just gets, gets completely tapped out. And then over time, um, you know, it's just like that same amount of pleasure is severely blunted. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, you know, sometimes if if pleasure and if if all you know is like if there's like a pleasure spectrum and a pain spectrum, right, and you're just completely avoiding anything at all in the pain spectrum, Mm -hmm. and then you're only ever living in that pleasure spectrum. Sure, like the the extent of the pleasure is going to be blunted over time because it's like, you know, you in order to have more dopamine, you have to have these new weird novel experiences. That's why people mm-hmm. like to start watching the weirdest shit for porn. Right. But at the same time, if you've never experienced any kind of pain at all, if you imagine pain as like some kind of like spectrum, even the slightest bit of pain that you've never experienced, the fact that you've never experienced something that uncomfortable, like, what might be on a pain scale for you and I, uh, of, of a pain scale of like one out of a hundred, for someone who's never experienced any pain in their life, that one would yeah. feel like fifty. That's right? a really and good point. And it's the point. same. Yeah. So that's basically what porn allows you to do. Right. Is to
0: it handicaps you at that point, right? You don't yeah. know how to handle rejection. You don't know how to handle that pain or discomfort of having to work for something. And I think that's a point you made earlier that I really liked is that you don't have to work for it. That's not anything to do with relationship, that, that you don't know anything about that person. You don't get a yes, you don't get a no. It's all on you. And in my opinion too, the things you have to work for end up being the most satisfying long-term. It's why I'm a huge fan of delayed gratification in, in almost everything. And, and yeah, you know, Kevin, we could talk for days about this kind of stuff but i really am appreciative of your time i know it's getting late over there in vietnam it's like probably like 11 o'clock at night now maybe midnight uh yeah (laughs) i appreciate your time dude kevin atterbury entrepreneur youtuber andy porn advocate and dating coach it's been a lot of fun talking dude i think we got some really interesting stuff going on here and um i hope you enjoyed your experience alone with me.
1: Absolutely, bro. (laughs) I very much enjoyed it. This is quite the conversation. I really enjoyed it. And yeah, I mean, I, we, we could talk about this all day. I'd love to come back on the podcast one day. Maybe I'll have you on mine one day too. I would love to. There's been a, there's been a slight delay in in podcasts lately just because. I'd love uh, to. Yeah. But yeah, we'd, we'd love to have you on then.
0: Well, Well, I'd love to be on there and I'm I'm excited to promote you and your work some more too. We got Kevin Atterbury on the show. To our listeners, I just want to challenge you right now. Do you watch pornography? Do you think it's a problem? If you don't, maybe you can ask yourself why. I'm going to put up all these resources that we talked about, about the Child Rescue Coalition, um, Covenant Eyes, Ted Bundy, all that stuff. I'll try to make sure I throw it up in the post on Petercursing.com. But please, Check out the episode, Stitchers, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, you name it. If you can find it on a podcast platform, it's there. And thanks for putting us in your ear. All right, Kevin, until next time, buddy.
1: Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Peace.